What is a cowboy? It's not about hats and horses. Cowboy is about courage, honesty, respect, integrity, strength, and truth. And when you put those things together, it spells Christ. And that's what being a true cowboy is all about, riding for the Lord. My name's Kevin Weatherby, and I want to be the first to welcome you to Save the Cowboy. You just sit back, grab you a cup of coffee, and get ready to learn how to ride with the Lord. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Philippians chapter 4 and Romans 14. If you want to stick your finger there in the good book, and, and uh, we'll go from there. There was, a, uh, there was two cowboys, a firefighter, and a Texas Aggie living in one house. I am not fixing to start a joke. I am dead serious. <laughs> there was two cowboys, a firefighter, and a Texas A&M graduate living in one house in Midland, Texas. That's where I was living before I uh, met my beautiful bride. And, uh, you know, things happen with four single guys living in a house. And uh, the, the man's house that we lived in, uh, he was an engineer from A&M. Uh, extremely brilliant, and his name was Lyle, and if you're not sure about what Lyle means, it is Latin for OCD cleanliness. Okay, that, that's what a lot of people didn't know that. Oh, and by the way, is Kelly here today? Kelly Gerald? <laughs> she texted me the other day, she goes, I looked up and found out what your name meant. I said, really, what is it? She goes, I'm not telling you. I said, why not? And she said, because. I said, come on, tell me. And she texts me. She goes, born good looking. And I was like, I knew that. <laughs> I knew that. That's what my name is. So, so from now on, I would like to be known as the notorious BGL. <laughs> anyway, back to Lyle. So uh, me and the fireman David were, were sitting there one day. And, and Lyle, if he wasn't engineering something, he was cleaning something. And so he was in there and he was scrubbing because he had found some mouse droppings, probably rat droppings because they were, they were rather large. And he was just going, oh my gosh, you know, and he had like, you know, you've seen those, those beer can holders that you strap to your head and they got the deals. He, got, he had like Windex in one and Comet in the other. And he was going around cleaning stuff. And he was just like... I put out mouse stuff and I put out rat stuff and I can't get this clean and no 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 like And me and David were sitting there watching TV. I'm sitting in a recliner and David's sitting on the couch. And as Lyle is going around like Captain Disinfectant, he's like that. We're sitting there and a tree squirrel this big runs through the living room. <laughs> this is the best part of the whole story. Me and David went just like this. And just kept watching TV. We never said a word because it was running towards Lyle. I heard it stop on little squirrel feet. And I could just imagine because I didn't want to turn around and look because it was either look at the squirrel or look at Lyle. And I wanted to see Lyle real bad. But out of the corner of my eye, I can imagine that tail. And Lyle turns around. Oh, oh my gosh, there's a squirrel in the house. Did y'all see that? And I was like, yeah, he ran through a minute ago. He said, why didn't you say something? I was like, and ruin that? He's like, we got to get it out of the house. And so here's the, the engineer, the cowboy, and the fireman. We're missing a cowboy. He hears the commotion and comes running out of the room. What's up? What happened? He said, there's a tree squirrel in the house. He goes, all right. <laughs> so Lyle, 
like goes over there and flips over this whiteboard and starts diagramming how we're going to get this tree squirrel out. David goes, he's the fireman, David gets a broom and he's just going to bum rush it, you know, like it's, a, like it's a fire or something. Jack Allen, the other cowboy, is sitting back going, I don't know if that'll work. And me, I've got my leather gloves on. I'm like, I'm going to catch it. Because I don't think I can rope it. And so we start chasing this tree squirrel through the house. And we are not going by Lyle's plan at all. And it is OCDing him to death. No, that's not the way it's supposed to go. It runs into my bathroom. And they shut the door and they're like, we've got it. David says, give me those gloves. I'm going to go in there and get it. See, he's a fireman. He's going to go in and save people. So he puts, his glo- he puts my leather gloves on, and Lyle is literally standing at the door like there's a badger in there or something. He's like, are you ready? Are you ready? David's like, it's a squirrel, dude. He's like, okay, you ready? See, David's like, yes, I'm ready. So Lyle throws open the door. David runs in, and I don't know why, but Lyle turns the light off and shuts the door. David is standing in there and he went, Lyle, yeah, David, what do you need? I need you to turn the light back on. Sorry about that, David. I mean, because that was wasting electricity, you know. And so you hear the curtain, the shower curtain move, and then you hear, ah, like that. And you hear this commotion, and then you hear the toilet slam. And David said, I got him in the toilet. I said, what are you going to do about it now? He goes, I don't know. <laughs> he, said, he said, I could use uh, some options. I was like, don't tell Lyle that. He's going to drop another dadgum diagram or something. And so David said, I'm just going to reach in there and get it. Later on, I figured out what happened. David went because all we heard was, I'm going to reach in and get it. And I'm thinking, this ain't going to work. I hear the toilet lid fly up, I hear David scream, and then I hear everything on my counter being thrown off and into the floor. And David yelled, open the door, open the door, open the door. <laughs> so we th- you know, I'm like thinking he's got him by the throat or something. You know, maybe it was a badger. We just thought it was a tree squirrel. But what happened was David was standing there and he opened the lid up and he stuck his hand in there and that squirrel ran right up his, right up his arm and up on nearly onto his head and so David whirled around like that and knocked everything off my kitchen, or off my kitchen sink, off my bathroom sink. Everything fell to the ground. Now we've got a wet squirrel. And so he's like, open the door and let it out. I can't catch it. And so here comes Jack Allen is fixing to make his presence known. He comes out of his bedroom with a chest, a trunk. You know, you buy him at Target or something like that. And he goes... And he sets it down in the middle of the hallway. There is this much room on one side of the chest and this much room on the other side. And he goes, this will keep it from coming this way. I said, what? He said, I put that there so it wouldn't come this way. I said, Jack Allen, would you step back and take a look at this? He goes, at what? And I said, what an idiot you are. He goes, that might not work. I said, you think? So he goes and he gets his pillows. And he puts a pillow on top and he goes, you think that'll work? I'm like, oh, whatever, dude. I give up. So I walk over there and I open the door to the bathroom. We'll get back to that story in a minute. 
<laughs> what? <laughs> there was a lot of things that wasn't going to work with that squirrel. And today we're going to talk about something else that doesn't work. Today we're going to talk about moderation Christianity. Couple of, uh, last week we started a deal called 666 Christians. And I'm not talking about the devil's 666. I'm talking about John chapter 6 verse 66 where it says, And from this point on, the disciples no longer followed him. Some of the disciples no longer followed him. And we're wondering why some people, they claim to believe in Jesus and they're there, but then they turn around and they just, they just go somewhere else. Why? Today we're going to be talking about Moderation. You have heard it said. Did you know that many things that people believe about Christianity has no biblical basis whatsoever? Things like, God doesn't give you anything more than you can handle. That is nowhere in the Bible. It does say that God will not allow a temptation to come upon you that He will not let give you a way out of. But most of my life, God has given me more than I can handle. Why? So I can depend on Him. Because if you can, if you can handle it, why would you need God? God doesn't give you anything more than you can handle. Nope. How about this one? God helps those who help themselves. That is not in Proverbs. It was in Poor Richard's Almanac when Benjamin Franklin wrote that. That has no biblical basis whatsoever. God helps those who help themselves. Now, it might sound good, and we should work and do some other stuff like that. But that has no biblical basis. That is not Proverbs 22.6. God helps those who help themselves. And what we're going to talk about today... You've heard it said, everything in moderation. Did you know that that is not biblical whatsoever? That has no biblical foundation at all. Who said that? It was Aristotle. Was it God? He never said that everything in moderation is okay. As a matter of fact, I'm here to tell you today that everything in moderation is probably keeping you from following God like you should. The misconception is based on Philippians chapter 4, verse 5. In the King James Version, and only in the King James Version, it says this. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. But let's look at some different versions. And I'm not picking on the King James. I think that that's exactly what it says. But our idea of moderation and when the King James Bible was written are two separate things. The NIV, the New International Version of Philippians 4 5 says, Let your gentleness be evident to all. Remember, let your moderation be known unto all men. The NIV says, let your gentleness be known to all, be evident to all. The New Living Translation says, let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. The Contemporary English Version says, always be gentle with others. And even the New King James Version says this, let your gentleness be known to all men. So moderation, that is the only time that moderation is used in the Bible. And it's not even talking about the way that we mean it today. Oh, everything in moderation. It's okay. As long as it's in, as long as it's in moderation, then everything will be fine. No. No biblical basis for moderation at all. Why doesn't everything in moderation work? We're going to talk about that. Because everything in moderation, that line of thinking, that way of writing, becomes an excuse to sin. It becomes a justification of sin, and it becomes a temptation to sin. Moderation in today's meaning has become an excuse to sin, but maybe we need to back up a little bit and say, what is sin? In Romans chapter 14, verse 22 and 23, Paul says, No matter what you think about those things, keep it between yourself and God. 
We could preach an entire year on that sentence alone. No matter what you think about those things, keep it between yourself and God. Blessed are those that, who do not have to feel guilty for what they allow. Wow. Blessed are those who do not have to feel guilty for what they allow. But those who have doubts are guilty if they eat. Their eating is not based on faith. Right here is what I'm talking about. What I'm fixing to read. Y'all pay attention. Everything that is not based on faith is sin. Everything that is not based on faith is sin. No beating around the bush. When I say everything in moderation, 9 out of 10 people thought about what? Alcohol, right? I mean, seriously. Most people probably thought, oh, this is going to be a deal on drinking and stuff like that. Um, you know what? If you don't think it's a sin to have a beer, the Bible says that that's fine. If you think drinking is a sin, then you, sh you can't have a drop. That's what Romans 14 was saying. The if-then argument. And that's where people go whenever you talk about this. Now, I want you to understand that this is not a sermon about the merits. I am neither condoning nor condemning the drinking of alcohol. What I'm telling you is it's between you and God. If you believe that that's a sin, then you can't do it. If you do not think it's a sin, then it's no big deal. But people will say, if you drink, you might get drunk, and that's a sin. Well, okay, I understand that. But let's follow that line of thinking and not just apply it to drinking, let's apply it to other things. If you talk, you might gossip, but that's a sin too, but you don't see anybody taking vows of silence, do you? If you look at a woman with lust, that's a sin, but I don't see anybody gouging their own eyes out. If you eat too many brownies, then that's a sin, but I don't see nobody taking their mouth shut. Okay, so if you're going to use something as a biblical basis, then you've got to be able to apply it all the way across. And what I'm here to tell you today is that I'm applying that moderation has no theology, theological basis whatsoever. Moderation is not in the Bible. If you drink too much water, then you drown. And I don't think that God likes suicide. Okay, moderation has become an excuse to sin. Moderation has become the justification to sin. What is justification? Justification is a rational explanation for doing something stupid. Think about that. Why did you, son, yeah, dad, why did you put the rope around the Shetland's neck and what, why did you tie the other end to the handle of the wagon and sit in the wagon with a buggy whip? But I'm not through, son. I understand all of that. What convinced you to tie yourself into the wagon? <laughs> I didn't want to fall out, Dad. Well, you didn't, as they duct tape band-aids all over me. The first thing that'll happen, kids, when you do that, when you go, yeah, that wagon is going to turn 180 degrees, and the pony is going to run 180 miles an hour. Forever. Justification. I heard it said one time, everything happens for a reason, right? Sometimes that reason is because you've made a bad choice and then you're stupid. If that don't apply to you, cowboy, you need to come hang out with me for a little while. Moderation has become a justification to sin. I can look at a little bit of stuff on the internet that, it, that I shouldn't, as long as I don't make a habit of it. Everything in moderation. I can flirt with my coworker, but as long as I don't have an affair, then it's okay because everything in moderation. 
If I'm flipping through the channels and see something that I probably shouldn't watch, it's okay as long as I don't continue to watch it. But if I can't find the up arrow very quickly, then it's okay. Everything in moderation. Blessed are those who do not have to feel guilty for what they allow, but those who have doubts are guilty if they eat. You cannot justify sin. Just because you throw everything in moderation doesn't make what you're doing right. If it's a sin, it's a sin, and doing sin moderately is no good. That's like saying, when, before you talk bad about somebody, saying, well, bless their heart. But You ever heard that? Well, bless their heart. Bless their heart. Moderation has become an excuse to sin. Moderation has become the justification for why we do things. The outlet. And moderation has also become the gate through which temptation comes through. Moderate, moderate sin is sin. There, you, you, you can't use it in amounts or anything like that. Riley, will you turn the lights on, please? Moderate sin is the same as sin. If you have a problem with brownies, then stay away from the temptation entirely. If you know dadgum well that you can't put the gooey, runny brownies, if you can't put them down till the whole pan is empty, you can't justify it, you can't make an excuse for it, and you can't open up the door to temptation by saying, well, if I only eat three quarters of the pan, everything in moderation. Okay? People use it as a, as a reason to give in to temptation. They think, you know what? I know that this is my downfall. I know that I always go to excess. And I know that this is a sin for me. But if I just do a little bit of the sin, then everything will be just fine. It doesn't work like that. That goes for not just brownies. That goes for alcohol. That goes for internet. That goes for TV. That goes for visiting with that busybody neighbor that we all have. And yes, a few of you just wondered if somebody thinks you're that busybody neighbor. Moderation is not an excuse to sin. Moderation is not a justification for you to do just a little bit of sin. I hate that whenever, when somebody says, everybody sins. Yes, you're right. We will never be free of sin until we see our Lord and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and stand before Him. But just because everybody sins doesn't mean that that's an excuse that you can go do whatever you want to do and claim that you follow Christ. Moderate sin is still sin. And you know it. But the biggest moderation mistake, the, you can take all of that, file it away, because if you're going to remember what I just got through talking about or remember this, I want you to remember what I'm fixing to say right now. The reason that moderation theology, that moderation Christian way of thinking, the reason it is so dangerous is because we apply it to God. We'll give God Sunday morning and a little bit at night if we're not too tired. Everything in moderation. We'll give God the blessing of the food before we gorge ourselves to death. Remember, everything in moderation. God is really moving up in my life. He's gone from ninth place to sixth place in the race for my attention. Everything in moderation. God doesn't want to be the first in a race of many. He wants to be your one and only. And I want you to think about that because a lot of times we'll say put God first in our life. Don't put God first in your life. Put God only in your life. That's what He wants. He doesn't want to be first place and about nine other things a close second one step behind. He wants to be in a race of one for your attention. He doesn't want anything to get in the way of that relationship with Him. He wants us to forsake everything else. And some of you might be saying, well, I'm not going to forsake my family. Jesus said, if you're not willing to leave your family behind, you're not ready to follow me. 
Leave everything behind because only in doing so can you have the type of relationships with those other people that God wants you to have. He wants you to have great relationships, but those relationships can't come before his relationship. He will show you how to have that relationship with others. God doesn't want to be first in a race of many. He wants to be your one and only. So how do we do that? How do we make God our one and only? God doesn't want moderation. He doesn't want moderation. He wants extreme. God doesn't want moderate Christians. He wants magnificent Christians. God doesn't want moderate Christians. He wants you all in. Not the safe anti-bet. Well, okay. I believe there's my anti. Maybe that will be good enough. No. What God wants is He wants you to lay your heart on the table and say, everything I have is riding on you. I don't even want to see my cards. He wants all in Christians, not moderation Christians. God doesn't want moderate Christians. He wants you. He died for you. And He wants you to live for Him. Instead of moderate Christians, we need Christ-like Christians. How do we be Christ-like? I'm just going to go through three Bible verses here, and I'm going to show you something. 1 Timothy 3.3 3. He must not get drunk. He must not push people around. He must be gentle. He must not be a person who likes to argue. He must not love money. There are four moderate attitudes in there and one Christ-like attitude in 1 Timothy 3.3. 3. Paul says, don't be a drunk. Don't be a bully. Don't be an argue about her, uh, arguer about everythinger. Do you know anybody like that? It's an arguer about everythinger. And he says, don't be greedy. He says, instead, be gentle. You want to have a Christ-like attitude? Be gentle. There's, there's no big fancy church word. Be gentle. In Titus 3, 2, it says, Tell them not to speak evil things against anyone. Remind them to live in peace. They must consider the needs of others. They must be kind and gentle towards all people. There's four Christ-like attitudes in there and one moderation. Live in peace. Be considerate. Be kind. Once again, be gentle. And he says, don't talk crud about people. Oh, it's okay if we talk... If we talk a little bit of crud about people, because bless their heart, God doesn't want moderate Christians. He wants Christ-like Christians. And in James 3.17, James says, But the wisdom that comes from heaven is pure. That's the most important thing about it, and that's not all. It also loves peace. It thinks about others. It obeys. It is full of mercy and good fruit. It is fair, and it doesn't pretend to be what it is. There's six Christ-like attitudes in there, and one negative, one moderate attitude. Peace, humility, obedience, merciful, good deeds, and be fair. And don't be a hypocrite. Don't be somebody sitting in here today that you're not going to be tomorrow. Be a difference maker. There's plenty of hypocrites out there. Don't be one of them. We don't need everything in moderation. What we need is everything in Christ. Remember that squirrel? Squirrels aren't made to be inside. All I did was I walked to the front door and I opened the door up wide and let the sun come in. And I told Lyle, I said, just open the door when he runs out. He'll see it and he'll know where to go. They opened up the door. Lyle screamed and a wet squirrel went right where he was supposed to go. We didn't have to block anything off with trunks or pillows. We didn't have to use a broom. We just opened the front door and he knew freedom when he saw it. A man opened a door for you by dying on the cross. Would you know it if you saw it? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your message here today. Lord, grant these people the guts 
to throw away that moderation, everything in moderation, to just take it out with the trash. And instead of living with everything in moderation, live everything in you. And Lord, if there's somebody here today that doesn't know how to do that, Lord, they don't have to walk up here. They can sit right where they are and say, God, I want to saddle up for you because I know that you died on that cross for me. Forgive me of my sins and help me to ride each and every day with you. Help me to be the person that you want me to be, to do the things that you want me to do, to say the things that you want me to say, and to go where you would have me go. Courage is being scared to death and saddling up anyway. Give us all the guts to go all in with you. In your name I pray. Amen. Glad you took a ride with us today. If you liked today's service and heard God speaking to you, I'd like for you to go to our website and check out the new book, Simplified Cowboy Version Gospel of Matthew. If you've ever wanted to read your Bible but found it difficult to understand, then this book is for you. Just go to SaveTheCowboy.com and click on General Store. You'll find tons of stuff there to help you in your ride with Christ. You can also partner up with us by following the online giving link. All our monthly supporters get an audio CD or DVD every month in the mail as our way of saying thank you. We don't care about the amount. Look at what Jesus did with a couple of biscuits and some fish. He can do the same with your help in hand. I know you couldn't help but notice all the great music playing in the background. You need to stop what you're doing right now and go by BarryWardMusic.com and check out his new album, West of Dodge. This program wouldn't have been possible without these fine folks. Tumbleweed Hay and Hauling, 303-324-8217. WesternLLC.net. Look East Realty, 303-644-4444. Double H Heating and Air, 303-669-8911. Integrity Auto Repair, 303-621-2845. And Comanche Creek Enterprises, 303-619-7030. Please support businesses that aren't afraid to show their faith. Call them today or go by SaveTheCowboy.com and click on Sponsors for more information.